What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Gigantic. Pop. Is September seventeenth, twenty twenty-three, and welcome to that the gigantic pop podcast. Oh, this is so weird. I'm in a loop hell. What is going on? There we go. It's all fixed. <laughs> I had a window open, folks. Um, uh. Yes. Okay, that was very strange. It is September seventeenth. Gigantic pop number three. We're gonna get this right one week. It's gonna all work <laughs> out. It's gonna happen. I'm Glenn, here with Raj, here with Matt. Good to see you guys. It feels like it's been longer than a week. This week has felt like a month. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Which is crazy. We're grown-ups. We got grown-up responsibilities. Raj is uh, writing checks his ass can't cash on Twitter. (laughs) Isn't that uh, not always the case? But uh, it's going to happen. I uh, Made a bet, and uh, if it turns out to be true, yeah, so the first five people that DM me, they uh, will get a little PayPal. So, yeah. Time out. What's the deal? <laughs> I didn't see it. Okay, so Raj said <laughs> he was certain that Jade Cargill was not that was certain. AW. I just said I, I Wait, you I'll, said you'll, I'll bet, you'll bet. I'll you'll bet, bet. That, she, that she stays that's, with That's AW. certain, Raj. Do you make a lot of bets that you're not certain about? Yeah. You know, oh, really? Uh, must be nice. <laughs> Didn't she just seventy percent? <laughs> didn't she just go back to AEW? Uh, she did her last match on Friday on Rampage. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 Good. So, uh, good, for, good for her. But yeah, okay. it sounds like she's WWE bound. From uh, these other reports, I had heard different, but you know, it's one of those things where uh, I, I no longer, you know. When I hear stuff, I'm not second sourcing it anymore. It's not ah. no longer my job. I'm retired, but uh, but I heard, I did hear from a good source that uh, that she was staying. But uh, yeah, we'll see. But the word is that she's going to the performance center next week. I think uh, I think it's a great move. I I could see WWE making her a, a superstar. So hell yes, God yes, she looks like a superhero. Yeah, I felt like AEW. They got her to a certain level and didn't know exactly how to go beyond that. And uh, and one other thing, which WWE would not have done, WWE very rarely will put a rookie out there like that that has huge talent like that and has huge upside, huge potential. They hmm. give them a little bit more time to cook. A little bit, not a lot. Yeah. Whereas if you remember for Jade's first few matches, you couldn't miss a lot of things that rightfully so she would mess up on because she was so green. She was so yeah. new. You know, like WWE won't make that mistake. They'll put her on TV when she's polished and ready to go and she was going to make them so much money yeah i mean she could be a a beyond wwe she could be a a movie star so anything anything you can't take your eyes off of her her she she's a freak of nature physically 
She's charismatic and cocky as hell with that character. I love that character. Yeah. Um, and she looks like a thoroughbred, a true blue athlete that will whip your butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's great. I mean, I look forward to it. I'm curious what they do with her in WWE, um, especially if she's skipping NXT entirely, which I think she should. Yeah, her 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 versus Charlotte, just when the time is right, obviously, yeah. and they build her properly. Physically speaking, it doesn't get much better than that. Both tall, very athletic, uh, former college athletes, right? Um, and look the part and are the part. That's gonna be that's gonna be a good feud. Yeah. Well, her versus Bianca, you know, that's uh Oof. that's gonna be, gonna be huge. Yeah. I didn't even so. think of that. Yeah, that's she's dude, she's like all American. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we had some good validation this week about what a draw women's wrestling is, especially in WWE. That NXT overrun with Becky Lynch beating Tiffany Stratton like broke a million viewers, which for NXT is unheard of. Yeah, it was a very good story to they told, by the way. Yeah, yeah beats beat Seth Rollins, you know, when he was on NXT. I mean, it was a huge, huge deal. So, yeah, man. you got to give NXT their flowers. I mean, they're really, they're really bringing it and they're not far off, you know, from uh, dynamite numbers now. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah. Cool. Well, we're almost at the five minute mark, which is contractually as much as Raj Geary can talk about current <laughs> wrestling on another platform. Um, but we should jump into our main topic today. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about wrestlers on Netflix at the end of the episode. And Matt, I'm excited to get your take as someone who was in OVW and a lot of people are loving this show. But the core topic for today is we're going to talk about one of our favorite movies from the 80s, The Karate Kid, and uh, by extension, its sequels and Cobra Kai. Now, Karate Kid came out i know last week we were in 1990 or 1985 this week we're going back to 84 with the karate kid matt i would love to get your take first because um you know when did you did you see this in theaters when it first came out like what was your your first exposure yeah i saw all of them in the theaters um huge fan of the series of the, the series of movies um had the action figures um everything love daniel larusso what a great baby face you know, story, right? Um, and those prototypical bullies were <laughs> so good. Like, I'm not going to lie. I marked out huge when, when, years later when I became a wrestler and I was doing one of these autograph conventions. And was it Billy? Was it Billy Zabka? Yeah, yeah. Was at the table next to me. And this is before Cobra Kai. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. How, what people were looking at him like, oh, he's washed up. And uh, isn't that the guy from Karate Kid? Like, making fun of him almost. I was like, are you kidding me? That dude's a legend. He's going to go down in history. He's one of the best bullies and bad yeah. guys of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Billy they turned it around. Yeah. You know, with Cobra Kai to where you're kind of like, ah, oh, maybe, you know, when he's explaining his side of things, you're, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. You make some solid points. I mean, Daniel did instigate a lot of the asking. <laughs> God. <laughs> I mean, so Billy Zabka, just to fully give him his props, I mean, the Holy Trinity of 80s bully roles goes from the karate kid to mm -hmm. one of the guys to back to school with rodney dangerfield yeah yep yeah just three amazing performances and in fact Patton oswald uh the comedian wrote something like in the 90s where he had a theory that it was all the same character that it was like uh, Johnny Lawrence, disgrace, goes to another school, adopts name Greg Tolan, gets his ass kicked by a girl dressed up that looks like Ralph Macchio, and then reinvents himself as Chaz uh, for for college. And once again, there is humiliated, which I just I love that that through line because you can almost kind of see it with the characters. Yeah, 
you know? Yeah. So good though. So good. Um, so- I, I, I would say 80, the eighties had, uh, the, it was the best decade for movie villains when you got between really? Drago, Iceman, yes. um, Hans Gruber, know, Hans Gruber. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I mean, just iconic villains and you don't see those iconic villains as much anymore. You know, they're, you know why, right? You know what? Because they flip flopped. Society has flip flopped where now, and you just said it yourself, Raj earlier, they figured a way to somehow baby face the heel and make us feel empathy for the heel yeah. and flip everything upside down. Now the underdog, Daniel LaRusso, is the one, you know, with the Cobra Kai series. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of a jerk for starting stuff all the time, apparently, where poor little Billy, you know, Zabka was yeah. trying to, you know. Right. I mean? Even Creed 2, you, you kind of feel bad for Drago's son, you know. Like yeah, oh, they, my God. I mean, they did a fantastic job, but you, you yeah. feel bad for him, whereas the original Drago, there's no empathy. The dude was just... No. Stone, stone cold, ice band. Because today's society, today's society wants deeper storylines, more layers. There's no such thing as a, a, you know, you know, good or bad or white or black. A lot mm. of gray areas in our world, right? Yeah. And uh, today, that's what they try to put out there in movies. Which I'll argue, it's not just wrestling alone, but all storytelling, TV shows, movies. It does make it difficult, in my opinion, when you do do that. To find someone that you can actually book, book or write for, yeah. as a full on fledged baby face, where they're not coming across corny and like a dork. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm trying to think when that really changed. I think in the '90s we started to see a lot more. Um, well, yes. the, the movie, the movie, The Rock is a great example where it's like Ed Harris. They give his character such a backstory. Where it's like, okay, you understand their motivations for why they're doing this, even though they're going about it the wrong way. And ultimately, it's going to hurt a lot of innocent people. Like, they're trying to shade it more. Uh, mm-hmm. Then now it's it's almost kind of novel now when you watch a movie or TV show and the bad guy is like, no, I'm just doing this because I'm evil and I hate everyone. Like, yes. that's rare at this point. Um, even but- Thanos. Thanos had his reasons, you know? <laughs> like Yes. <laughs> Yeah. oh man but uh so the karate kid came out in 1984 raj when did you first see this were you there like opening weekend or take a bit that summer i never saw it in a theater really I, we we saw it on video yeah wow it was an eight million dollar budget i think and it grossed over 90 130, million which 130 worldwide yeah. worldwide in the u.s it was 90 yeah um just insane when you talk about a return like that and uh yeah, yeah. I remember watching it for the first time on video, and uh, my parents rented it. Uh, we we had heard a lot about it, but it was always checked out, you know. Yeah. And this was back in the day when we had to wait for the movie to be in stock. <laughs> and and uh, first time I saw it, just hooked. Well, our whole family. I mean, I've, I've, I, when you talk about like really good '80s movies that are still good today. You know, like you can yeah. still show kids and they won't get bored with it. I, I, I put Karate Kid and Back to the Future like top two, three, you know. Yeah. Easily top five. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, man, where I think it's held up really well. And I mean, to be fair, the, the source material was Rocky with this. I mean, you had John G. Alvinson who directed Rocky that was booked uh, to direct the Karate Kid. And you could see a through line with the movies, although with the Karate Kid, I think the ending is more satisfying, whereas Rocky was a little bit more of a character piece. I feel like this was, and I mean this in the best way possible, it's like they were trying to make Rocky for for kids and young adults and where they could really understand it 
And um, you have some of the same themes, right? I mean, Rocky was about going the distance. It was about, doesn't matter if you win or lose, like I'm showing up and proving that I deserve to be there. And in this case, I mean, you had that with Daniel as well. It just so happened that he won in like one of the most epic triumphant moments of victory in an 80s film. You know? Yeah. Uh, but isn't every sports movie like that? Like, uh, you know, I I always would hear the comparisons with Karate Kid to Rocky, but that's yeah. kind of every sports movie where you got the underdog. They're usually not this dominant team that goes on to, to win at the end, right? Like I wonder what the first one that had that was because the Bad News Bears had that and they didn't win at the end. Yeah. Which is great. They just got drunk with their coach and like right. cursed out the opposing winning team. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think that was, um, I mean, when you watch and read think pieces about the seventies and what the seventies meant for film, as far as reflecting society, I think seventies movies were not about, I mean, remember America was just coming off the Vietnam war was coming off Watergate. Like these were not stories where it's always, Oh, the good guy works hard and wins and we all feel good about it. It was like, no, sometimes we give it our all and we still come up short. It's like, it's, yeah. it's kind of depressing when you watch a lot of 70s movies, to be honest, from a modern lens. Like when I see something, even like I watched the, the original Longest Yard for the first time recently, and it was just kind of like, you know, this is, I get why people like this, but it's also kind of a bummer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, a lot of movies back then. Deer Hunter, like so many. Oh uh, you know, like, <laughs> Raging Bull was not a, uh, a feel-good movie. So, yeah, yeah Karate Kid kind of changed that trajectory. Yeah, you well, have I, the underdog win at the end. And, yeah, that's and, the most important. That's the most important part, Rod, is what you're about to say about the underdog getting the win at the end. And for little yeah. kids, parents, why wouldn't a parent take their, you know, young daughter or son to go watch that? You yeah. know, and it's funny that it came out at the end of June in '84. I just imagine. Right. I, well, it's interesting because you think about kids like we're out of school. It's summertime. It's it's oh, a feel good yeah. movie, but yeah. I'm imagining. So we're going to talk a little later about our own experience with getting in fights and like bullying and things we went through as a kid. Like up at that point, I was seven or eight years old. I felt on top of the world uh, as a child, probably up until maybe around like age ten. Um, but when I think about when I think about it now from that perspective, I can I can imagine me if I'd seen that a few years later over the summer, where it was like, okay, no one's going to fuck with me this fall. <laughs> Like, like i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna get i'm gonna find a maintenance man and he's gonna he's gonna teach me some things and uh you know i'm gonna be untouchable like I mean, we, so we've all yeah. tried the crane kick right like, yeah, yeah you know practiced it not not actually using it on someone but you know thinking like hey you know i could if, if shit goes down i got this move <laughs> from this movie <laughs> um but I think about when I first saw it. So I saw it in theaters. It was either opening weekend or the second weekend. Like we went to the movies yeah. a lot. And, you know, I don't think we touched on this last week. So Matt, as a kid, so Raj, it sounds like your family was a rental family. Did they just do the math and they were like, it's a better value to get the tape and watch it at home? Yeah. 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 I mean, we moved around a lot when, mm -hmm. when I was younger. And yeah, so that would end up being, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't see that many movies until mm. the mid 80s in the really? theater. Yeah. Matt, what about you? Did you go every week, or what was uh, your approach to going to the film? Yeah, it, well, it felt like it back then yeah. as kids you, you, when we were younger in the 80s, um, but also, like, I'd get rewarded um, yeah. if I didn't, if my mom didn't get any calls from my you know special needs teacher <laughs> at the time that I wasn't yeah. paying attention or something like that, then, yeah, I'd be able to go get a movie, or I'd be able to get a thrill, Michael, my, I'll never forget this, Michael Jackson thriller album when that first came out, little things like that, but mainly yeah. movies. Yeah, and one that sounds like I mean, it was powerful. I mean, you were a big movie fan, so that was probably a powerful thing to keep your behavior yeah. 
you know, on the right path. Oh, I mean, God, yeah. for me, it's funny. Like we got in the habit of going to the movies as a family, maybe once a week when we lived in Michigan, then we moved to California and it was a lot close. We were a lot closer to the theater. So we'd go more often, but then there was a time period probably from like 83 to 86 where my father would be on weeknights. He's like, Hey, do you want to go see this? And I probably saw like four movies a week. I kid you not on the weekend. We go with my brothers and my mom, but my dad and I would go out one or two nights a week. And I was kind of pissed. My dad took away like a pleasant childhood memory because, you know, we had a falling out after the divorce and everything. But I remember that um, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I used to really like how close we were when I was a kid and you take me to movies all the time. And he was like, oh yeah, the marriage was falling apart. And I just need to get the hell out of the house and away from your mom. And I figured if you wanted to come along too, she wouldn't give me a hard time about it. And I was like, thanks dad. Like, oh just, God! Just ruined like my yeah. favorite part of our relationship. <laughs> um, but we would go and we talked about it last week. He would do the thing like I would go see something like Running Scared or like an R-rated like buddy cop movie or Thriller with him, and he like put his hand over my eyes during nudity, never during violence, which was strange. Yeah. Um, but we went all the time. And then when I moved yeah. to Michigan, because the movie theater was far away from us, I literally in like 86, 87, 88, some Saturdays, I would just have my mom drop me off at the theater at noon. And then the mall was across from there. So I would go to four or five movies during a break. I would go over the mall, play video games, get Taco Bell, and then like walk back to the movie theater. And I didn't sneak in. I paid for like every film. I even figured out if you bought the gift certificate book, you came out ahead because I had like a free popcorn in there. So mm -hmm. I, I've saw in theaters the majority of movies that were released probably between 1983 and 1990. Mm. Um, and Karate Kid, though, that was one where it was like, yeah, I think I saw that like four or five times that summer because it was just such a feel-good story, so many iconic moments. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I think it just is so beautifully cast, beautifully written. And you know what's cool? You guys have probably never seen this. I know our audience has probably never seen this. If you look on YouTube, uh, John Alvinson, before he shot this because he was working with a young cast, he shot all the rehearsals on a camcorder. Yeah. And on YouTube, there was a version of the Karate Kid that's about 20 minutes longer that's all shot on like a VHS camcorder of the mm. rehearsals of the entire film. And you can see it right now? You can see it, yeah. Search on oh. YouTube, Karate Kid rehearsals. Yeah, it's interesting. Some of the names that were up for Daniel LaRusso. Like, yeah. that wasn't even the original name. His name was going to be Daniel Weber. And, yeah, uh, they they changed it once they got Ralph Macchio, but he had Robert Downey Jr. who was one of the names considered, uh, and I think he auditioned for it. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of people. Totally did. different movie. Well, I mean, you think about it when we talk about Back to the Future, uh, what happened there. Um, I mean, and yeah. some of the Back to the Future editions online, but yeah, you you know, if you think about it, if Eric Stoltz had gone through. With Back to the Future Ugh. and that had been released, that would have been a much different movie. Uh, How, yes. However, <laughs> I, I argue, you know who their third choice was, Matt, for uh, Back to the Future was C. Thomas Howell. Mm. He okay, it wouldn't have worked obviously, but he was over back then. Yeah, it would have been it would have been a basic cable classic Back yes. to the Future, but it wouldn't have yeah. done no what it went on to do. No yeah. way, no way. You yeah. know, you wouldn't. Yeah, have no, Michael J. Movie. Fox was just perfect for that, and then at Karate Kid. I thought Ralph Macchio. Because the one thing with Ralph Macchio and Karate Kid is he's also kind of he's kind of uh, kind of annoying in a lot of ways, right? Like he whines a lot. Like with Miyagi, he complains, but you still yeah find him endearing. You know, you still root for him, and you know he instigates the fight. You know, the Halloween fight when he he puts the hose on the guys, but you're still rooting for him, even though he he started it. And with the radio. 
but he, well, he yes. has that personality where uh, you just you just end up rooting for him. Hey, what was he doing in that stall before he got soaked? Was he rolling a joint? What was the what was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was he the was marijuana. Joint. I was too young to understand that as a kid. Same here. I always thought it was a cigarette. Ah, yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah, uh, but we have to give a shout out to Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi, which if you think about this, like three years before he was playing Arnold on happy days. Mm-hmm. Like he was a comedian. He was this comic relief character that did a lot of TV. I've been rewatching the love boat. He like, he shows up on the love boat a lot. Mm-hmm. Like he got that role nominated for an Oscar in that role. But think about that jump. Uh, Bill Simmons made the comparison. It would have been like if Mr. Belding from saved by the bell got nominated for an <laughs> Oscar in 1998, that's what it would have been like. You yeah, know, with Pat Morita going. I mean, I guess the only thing that's probably similar is like Greg Kinnear that went from hosting Talk Soup to then, uh, uh, you know, being in the Jack Nicholson movie and and uh, getting nominated. So Pat Morita, though, amazing turn. And um, whenever I watch it, I mean, he's just so good, you know, doing uh, the Yoda type role. But man, the older I get and the more I realize the context of history the scene when he talks about the internment camp and his wife and losing his child is just like, holy shit. And the studio wanted to cut that scene. Like that's the scene that got him the Oscar nomination because it's so powerful and so heavy. And the more you watch it now, like the heavier it is a kid, I didn't really get it, but it's just now it's like, holy shit. And to be fair, and every, to be fair though, every other part he had in that movie was very basic. That was very short. Um, which had to have been hard for him to want to pull up because he's a full-fledged actor that's, you know, a great act, very, very good, was a very good actor yeah. on top of it. So that shows restraint and the body language and everything he did was perfect with that character. Well, the oh, studio so didn't good. even want him. Yeah. Like, they were they were fighting a, a, against him, even being in the movie, because... Who are they going to have there instead? There, the uh, One of the guys they were considering was um, the guy that was his stunt double. That that was actually doing the crane kick. Um, was it just some Jabron? Some no name? Well, no, there were a couple. No, no, no. Um, you go ahead, Glenn. I was gonna say most people wouldn't know the names of the actors, but I swear if I oh, showed okay. you the um, if I showed you the photos of this uh, of some of the people that almost got cast in this, like you would recognize it. Uh, in terms of um, like uh, uh, Toshiro Mifumi is Mr. Uh, Mr. Miyagi, he like he was a Japanese film legend. I believe the uh, older gentleman who played the shop owner in Gremlins, I think, was one of the runners up. Like it was basically a who's who of Asian actors at the time yeah. that were up for this role. And I think that you know, in fairness to the studio, it was a little more traditional, like martial arts uh, style actor is what they were thinking of. For the role originally where pat Morita, i mean doesn't exude that which is part of why i think the character is so brilliant because he seems like this humble maintenance man um and then you find out that he has like this huge wealth of fighting skills hey let me ask you this because yeah. people are probably more excited about this uh who who um wells was up for cast to be casted for uh johnny was it always just him i think really? it was always him was always the story that i heard yeah okay. i think it was just him and the other Cobra Kai's. I think I think what they did, um, and this, by the way, happened with Back to the Future. Biff's gang, like everyone in Biff's gang is someone who auditioned for Biff. And they were oh. like, yeah, yeah, they were like, you, we don't want you as Biff, but like, we're going to well. give you this role. So with the Cobra Kai's, it was the same thing. Like, with Tony Back to the Future, with, with Biff's gang, who was the uh, the guy that ended up being the lead bad guy in Titanic? What was Billy Zane. Billy Zane. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think he had a full line in that movie, and no. like to see like you know where he kind of ended up, he, he he did really well for himself. But uh, yeah, yeah. And Karate Kid has a lot of that too. I mean, you see a lot of people um, in the film that it's. I mean, it's just it's so eighties, right? I mean, and you, the Cobra Kai's. I mean. Chad McQueen, Tony O'Dell, Ron Thomas, um, and then Martin Cohn, uh, Martin Cove, who we haven't even talked about as Crease. Like, talk about villains. And it's crazy that, um, no, we're going to talk about Karate Kid 3, but it's weird that, like, Karate <laughs> Kid 3, and then later, uh, what we saw in uh, Cobra Kai tried to humanize him and give him more of a backstory. Yeah. But I mean, you go back to the original movie, and it was just like, no, this guy's this tough militant asshole, you know? All he, of he was- them great at it <laughs> all, all of them every every villain or heel they booked in that in those movies were so well over the, it was over the top um and just that prototypical jerky bully that you just want to see popped in the face but what yeah. was cool about that was they started to establish that it wasn't just johnny so like if, if, if daniel LaRusso somehow gets lucky and beats up johnny one day you still had to deal with his sensei. You still had to deal then, obviously, with other characters they introduced that was bigger than his sensei. Um, they did a good job with that. So this is how big of a Karate Kid fan I was. Like I bought the book when it. Oh yeah. When the yeah. movie came out, and in the book they do the the uh, opening scene in part two. Like mm-hmm. that's the ending of the book where. Wait what? You know where uh, uh, Crease is Kreese. smashing the. You, you know tr- trying yeah. to punch Miyagi yeah and he goes through the uh the windows and that was actually in the book years before uh part two came out and then they I, I guess they it was originally in the script and they cut it out and ended up putting it in yeah they didn't two. shoot it uh but no it's right. a great scene and okay so I you mentioned something Raj like this is a great tangent here did you guys ever try and pull the trick for the book report of like picking the novelization of a movie or a book that got turned into a movie and you're like, I'm going to do my book report on this because then I don't have to read the book. Yes. I don't think I was smart enough to do that, to be honest with you. Princess Bride. (laughs) I lived for that, Matt. I would be like, oh, there's a novelization of this. And I would be more interested in reading the book. Like Raj said, there was a novelization of a movie because I'm like, maybe there's some extra stuff in here. You know, like I remember reading like the novelization to Space Camp and I'm like, ooh, I want to dive deeper into the Space Camp universe. Um, but and then I would get away with it sometimes, like with Stand By Me, because the Stephen King novella was called The Body. I like did my book report on The Body. And people in the audience were like, this sounds a lot like the movie Stand By Me. And I was like, Shh, don't tell the teacher. Yeah. She doesn't know. <laughs> Stand By Me is a great one. It is. We'll talk about that. I'll, I'll like, it'll be like therapy. I'll be crying on the podcast. Um, but uh, so to, the, this, according to Wikipedia, so take this with a grain of salt, but Matt, this is saying that Crispin Glover, George McFly himself was considered for the role of Johnny. What? <laughs> no, that never would have worked. God, that would not have worked. <laughs> no. Somebody There's needs no to way. deep fake that. Like, come on, like, let's put this technology to good use and let's have him uh going up to Daniel and Allie and saying, Hey, you take your damn hands off her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, you, hey, you, yeah, no way. And, and what a resurgence by Zabka, right? With, oh, yeah, with Kai. like he became the baby face on that show. You talk about. Yes. The the way they were able to flip the whole thing for Cobra Kai was has just been amazing. And and so when, Cobra Kai is like pro wrestling where you have heel turns and baby face turns and uh well, let me ask you that Raj. I'm going to cut you off, but let me ask you, do you think that's because do you think they could have done this same 
let's pretend today's TV watchers are just as mature as what they are today, but back in, let's say, 95, okay? 1995. I don't think they could have pulled this off. No. Because not enough time time would have gone by for us originals that watched the movie to like, wait a minute. No, I was trained to hate this guy. I'm not going to like him now. I don't care what they tell me. But now it's been so long, and we're now more mature ourselves, and we grew up with those characters, by the way. You know, they're a little bit older than us, but still, they we grew up with them. So now we can say, like, now we've lived our lives, we're in our 40s, etc. We can be like, oh, he's just grown into this. And, wow, I didn't know that about his childhood. I didn't know that happened to him either. And before you know it, you start feeling bad for him, have sympathy and empathy. Um, and today's society wants that out of their characters. They want those multi-layers of the onion to peel back and watch these movies or even TV shows for that matter. Mm. I, I did. I do not think this would have worked in the nineties. No, no yeah. way. No, I, I feel like the Sopranos for me is kind of mm. what started it where you had. The, yes. That. Know, and then eventually Dexter, true blood. Yes. Some of these others. Yes. We are rooting yeah. for the wire any other setting would be villains, right? Yeah. In any other setting, these people would be villains, but well, yeah. Well, to that point, um, you know, I don't think Cobra Kai would have happened. It became kind of a meme, right? It became one of the early internet memes about like Johnny actually wasn't doing anything wrong. And then the TV show How I Met Your Mother, as David Mack just brought out, uh, brought up in the chat, like they had William Zabka guest on an episode where Neil Patrick Harris, it was his birthday. And I mean, it, it's a whole thing. The, the joke of the episode is that his girlfriend gets him everything that he hates for his birthday. So he gets him uh, uh, a clown, which he hates, and he gets him uh, Ralph Macchio, you know, and she's like, oh, what, you love the Karate Kid? And she's like, I hate the Karate Kid. And let me tell you why. Like, you know, this guy does an illegal move in the final, tries to steal this guy's girl, like goes on this whole thing. And the end reveal is that the clown she got him is actually William Zapka. Like, who's was that's the real surprise for his birthday. And then William Zapka recurred on the show in the in like one of the last seasons. A recurring role, so I think that's what they, they had Macho on there too, right? They did, yeah. He was in the birthday yeah. episode, so that's sort of I think popularized the meme. And I think that without that, we probably yeah. wouldn't have had one people knowing that William Zabka is still around, looks good, and is in the yeah. game. Now he went on to work behind the scenes. He did a lot of martial arts movies and direct to video stuff in the late eighties yes. and nineties, but then he went on to direct. Um, and uh, yeah, I think for him coming back to this, like he hasn't really acted pre Cobra Kai in quite some time. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. Like I told you, this was the two two thousand and I want to say two thousand ten. Mm. I'm being serious. People were like, "Who's this guy? I never heard of him." Like that yeah. at the autograph convention. Yeah, I was like, "You idiots!" I know. <laughs> well, kind of, kind of no tough, one, though. no one from Karate Kid really acted after, except for Elizabeth Shue. She became well, the uh, I mean, Ralph Macchio was in my cousin Vinny in Crossroads, where he played. He, he had a he had a blues battle against the devil. Oof. Right, but well, that was fair, uh, you saw the decline happening, yeah. you know. By the but time before, my cousin Vinny, it was a bit part, sorry, but before Karate Kid, he was in come on, what was the Grease Outsiders? Movie yes, Outsiders, Outsiders. Yeah. that was a star studded movie. Good lord, um, Tom Cruise, he was always typecasted. Ralph Macchio looks yeah. a certain way, you're never gonna get out of that, dude. You're Daniel LaRusso, like, yeah, that's very difficult to get out of that. So that's, I'm happy they got to do this and make some money yeah. off of this years later. And he's like he's, 60, he's 60 something now. Cause he was 22 when Ko- yeah. uh, karate. He's, old, well, he's he, like, he's, whoa, whoa, he was yeah. 22. Yeah. He was 22. Actually like 24, tw- uh, 20, 
four when it came out. So yeah, right, like you're yeah. all the others that age, guys. No, 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 no. He's the oldest. But now you know what's funny, Matt. So how's this for Weird. feeling old? Um, he is for a couple of years now has been older than Pat Morita was in the first movie. Right. Because <laughs> Pat Morita wasn't that old. But you don't think that's weird? Like, if you're one of these other kids on the movie set, you're like, yeah, this kid's playing a kid your age. Oh, by the way, he's like 24. Like, well, you know, in part three, he was almost 30, right? And then the girl they cast in part three was like 16. Yeah, Robin Lively. Yeah, for whatever reason, they didn't, I guess, research it or or whatever. Well, they also softened it. They tried to make it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they took out the romantic angle because of the age difference. But the original uh, idea in Karate Kid Part Three was for her to be the love interest, but she just turned into a friend. But yeah, she was like 16. Gotcha. And he was 30. So yeah. Um. And yeah, Elizabeth Shue in the original. I mean, that was the first thing I saw original uh, Elizabeth Shue in. It's like between that and Adventures in Babysitting, like. One of my biggest crushes of the eighties. Jesus, and and you look at her now. You know, she she's been on the boys. She, mm-hmm. You know, in Cobra Kai, she just looks amazing. Almost yeah. even even better than she did back then. I mean, she's just uh, yeah, she was always better with age. And, and back then, the girls they used to try to introduce us to in movies were like saying words like totally tubular and like overly <laughs> done with makeup and glasses, and they were really overdone. She was one of those like naturally beautiful women that maybe you know if you grew up one day that girl next door type oh yeah Yeah. everyone fell in love with her i remember um cocktail with tom cruise and elizabeth she was on cable the other night i remember when that was on video as a kid like you see like side boob and i remember like pausing it and i was just like of course poke my head around as if i could see more uh but that was the other i I feel like i became a man during that moment uh yeah huge las vegas Yeah. Uh, you know, that still bums me out. She's very good in that, but I, I will never watch that movie again. It's a very depressing movie. It's very depressing. <laughs> um, but she showed she has range. So, I mean, so from the first one, I mean, that was a, just a monster hit that was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In fact, I mean, it's so funny that in just one of the guys, they made a reference to that uh, when Joyce Heiser uh, is Terry, like looking like the Karate Kid. But the Karate Kid 2 came out uh, two years later, summer of 86. It was uh, a bigger yeah, they go to Okinawa. Like, uh, it was huge. Glory Love. Yes. That was the like, song of the year. I liked that second one a lot. I loved it. Yeah, me too. Um, I thought uh, Chosen was a great villain. But yeah. I did, but I saw I thought the the soundtrack, the background music, the dun 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 dun, <laughs> like everything was just so it was so deep. It was it was really good. Like I loved it. It was like huge. at the time, I yeah. thought I liked part two better. And then years later, I was like, no, nah, part one is still better. But yeah, part two was great. But originally, I'd like the second one better when it first came out. I did really? Think it was better. I, I did. Because I thought that villain was built up better. Yeah. Um, I, I did. I thought he wow. was built up better. Because like when me. Daniel does the crane, he swats it away. It was like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yes. That's yes. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> Misdirection, false finish. The drum thing was weird in, in the second one because you never yeah. actually see him punching him. You, you just see sleeves flying at the end, you know? And it's just like going back and forth. But uh, now I love part two. I think Glory Love is one of the best uh, it, it, uh, movie songs it, ever. And it was a much bigger, like the whole storyline was much bigger, yeah. Glenn, because he was saving like that whole the town, village. that whole area, the whole village rather. Um, yeah. Much bigger. Yeah. Yeah, I and thought I, it was good. 
I was bummed Elizabeth Shue wasn't back. I remember reading the novelization. Yeah. They explained more about like why she left him. Um, but yeah, like part two though. I mean, th- that was 86 though, was a stacked summer for movies that karate kid two is the one I've seen the least. Uh, and I think it's just because when it came out, like wow. so much else going on that summer, you've seen three more than two. I've seen three, probably almost as much as I've seen the original more than next and next karate kid or I've seen next no. karate kid once. We'll talk about that in a second, but, uh, karate kid three. So karate kid one, huge hit karate kid two, huge hit karate kid three. I saw opening day. I was the only person in the theater. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it opening weekend. Hated it. Oh, it's bad, but it's also great. So you have the baby face who gets his ass kicked the whole movie. And then in the final fight, he's getting just, you know, the crap kicked out of him. And then he ends up winning by, you know, just a a lucky thing, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So, and he never hurt the guy. Like ultimately the villain never even gets hurt. It was just this one lucky punch at the end that he wins the tournament by. He didn't even have to go in the tournament. He, uh, they changed the rules so he could just go into the finals. I mean, they, they, if it was pro wrestling, you'd be like, who booked this crap? Right? Like (laughs) you, you, you make the, uh, the villain look like the total badass and, and the baby face, like the chicken shit heel. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad point. I, I did like three, though, for what it was worth. Not and as got, much as two and one, but I did like it. And yeah, Terry Silver. Terry Silver. Terry Silver. One of the greatest the- 80s villains with this ponytail dumping nuclear waste. He decides to skip his nuclear waste dumping business to torture <laughs> this kid. I, I like that they brought that up in Cobra Kai. It was Kai. amazing in Cobra Kai, where then he's like, I was on a lot of cocaine at the time. <laughs> but you watch that movie. I mean, and Crease, the thing with Crease faking his death and with Crease, I like, I was like, this is this is kind of dark. And I saw, I mean, Karate Kid 3, I guess it was 13 when that came out, but I remember saying I was like, it's kind of a dark movie. Like, this is kind of a, a bummer. Like they're gonna strand him on the side of the cliff with the bonsai, like yeah. higher stakes, you know. I just think at the end you want the baby face to legitimately win and not win on a technicality. And mm. part three didn't have that at the end. You had Daniel okay. lucking into a point because yeah. the, the heel of um, what was his name? Mike um, Barnes. Yeah. Barnes. Bad boy of karate. Bad boy. <laughs> Kept getting the points. Right. And then purposely getting it taken away. So yeah, he just beat the crap out of him the whole final fight until the last punch well all right get to what about the next one okay next karate kid was with hillary swank i've seen it once it's an okay movie really yeah it's not bad but it's kind of thing that you would have watched on cable like four in the afternoon and would have been like this is solid it was like a tv movie movie. movie. yeah Um, and i would watch the whole thing i wouldn't you know what i mean You're, you're right yeah I mean, the villain's kind of one-dimensional. Oh, it's a boys' academy, and she's a girl, yeah. so she's got to prove something extra. And I get why that makes it a more compelling story. But the fact that it didn't have Daniel and you have Mr. Miyagi removed from everything, and she was friends. So, I mean, the good news is that Hillary Swank is like the last card they, they have to play for Cobra Kai. That's like the last return yeah. from the Karate Kid universe. Unless you delve into the next universe and bring Will Smith. I mean, <laughs> which was fine. The one with Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith. That was fine. Isn't isn't Cobra Kai going to be done? Is it no more? After? One more season. They're going to have season seven. Yeah, uh, season six. I six believe. Yeah, it's going to be the last one. Now, the strike, like everything else, has derailed it. Ah, like they're yeah. ready to go. 
But um, like yeah. Miguel's in a superhero movie. Blue Beetle. And, Still haven't yeah. seen it, but it got great reviews. Looking forward to watching it when it hits uh, HBO Max. Yeah, I mean, the, um, I mean, the kids are good. It's 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 a good show. Uh, the girl that plays Tori is on School Spirits on Paramount Plus. Like, I feel like you know a lot of people from that series are are breaking in. I mean. It's interesting. Um, the last series that tried to do what Cobra Kai did was actually Degrassi, the next generation where they took some of the original Degrassi kids as like the principal and then had a new group of students and people's kids. And, um, Cobra Kai feels very similar, but I think that it's kind of tough though with Degrassi. I liked watching more of the stuff about the new class. The adult stuff got kind of lame, but honestly, I would be happy if Cobra Kai was still like season one. It was about Johnny just trying to, rebuild his life and figure out where he fits in the modern world like i think that's still the best part of the series i like the whole show but i think johnny is a very compelling character yeah that's the main draw like I, i've always yeah. thought that he was the main draw to it but really quick did you have to watch degrassi junior high when you were in junior high school for health yeah. class yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like watch this now and then oh, like okay you'll be like now write a paper like talk about what wheels did in the episode <laughs> yeah and explain what you would have done in Wheels' situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah Spike pregnant. Cook- <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Raj didn't watch Degrassi, Matt. He went to a better school. I did <laughs> not. <laughs> like, you don't understand. It was this, it's this hokey Canadian show, like pre 90210, but it looks like it was shot on a home video camera. And it's like teen pregnancy and drugs. Like, if you went yeah. to that school, you're cursed. Everything yeah. bad happens to everyone that goes to that school. Hmm. Literally every every character. Yeah, it's very 80s and very and before, Canadian. And to be completely all over the place, I'm going to not rem- remember to ask you this. Raj, tell me you went to Colorado's football game last night. No, no. so I was on a golf trip. So, ah. uh, But I did watch it. Yeah. Amazing. I had, Sorry. I had a little money on it. But yeah, that was an amazing game. <laughs> I like I like this way this trajectory is going. Is in five years, Raj is going to be like taking shifts at Starbucks because these bets didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> outside of jade cargill i'm doing pretty well <laughs> and we'll see about jade i'm still uh not 100 percent convinced okay okay but um okay. Yeah, what cobra kai was able to do like the way they were able to bring it into this next generation creed was able to do that yeah. and top gun maverick it's it's yeah. pretty amazing how they've been able to turn this whole new generation into fans from the original you know, using the original as the the source. So let me ask you this. Don't you think that's because it's a complete new generation watching, therefore it's a fresh movie to them? We're yeah. watching Top Gun going, oh, I want to see a couple of Easter eggs in there reminding me of the original one just yeah. so we can feel good about ourselves. But the main demographics that are watching the mm-hmm. movies, this is something brand new to them. Don't you think that's the reason for it, though? Like, well, it's success? the template. It's the yeah. template. I mean, Scream 5 called it out the the requel idea where it's a reboot and a sequel where we bring back the legacy characters to get the old people to watch it then we've got the younger people so current kids don't think hey this is an old person movie like the big chill or something um and that way you get both to come in and hopefully you know the kids fall in love with the legacy of the series and the older people there's enough fan service for them, but then you gotta go, oh, I like some of these new characters too. Like yeah. it's it's a formula now. And it's yeah. like studios are trying to copy this left and right to use old intellectual property and make it new again 
to squeeze some more money out of it. And, and you know what? I'm a yeah. sucker for it, man. I would go watch anything if you're like, well, it's a continuation of this. There's some new stuff, but you also see some old favorites. Like, I thought the last yeah. Ghostbusters Afterlife did a very good job with that. Um, yeah. I mean, well, they didn't have it, but the <laughs> fact that the next one's going to have Ernie Hudson more in it, though, I think is going to be... A- more a stronger continuation but i think i mean matt to your point i mean top gun maverick like biggest movie uh post pandemic i mean i think that that's the formula we're gonna see more of and i think we're gonna see it uh there's already talks about the next like nightmare on elm street doing something similar um cool that'll be cool yeah i mean because you've got all these but here's the craziest thing matt to your point about where billy zapka's career was at you've got these actors now that have been surviving by going yeah. and doing these conventions and getting money for yeah. autographs and photos. And now the studios are coming back like, Hey, what do we have to, what do we have to pay you to get you back in the series? You know? Yeah. Hopefully they keep in good shape because there is something to be said about everyone says the same thing when they see these characters again, like what Daniel LaRusso. Wow. He looks, yeah. good, he look, looks pretty good for being 60 <laughs> or did you, I, for whatever reason, I, I just I noticed it's important to people when they watch it. Um, I don't know. God bless them because we're talking, 40 years ago? Isn't oh, yeah. How long ago? Yeah. Yeah. 30? I mean, and, and, and Machu is actually older than uh, Terry Silver, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Terry Silver is like a year younger than Ralph. He was 29. And he's talking about how he's a nom, you know? <laughs> Nobody thought this was weird. Yeah, he was the best audition. adult playing a kid. And he's yeah. the only real martial artist. Like, he's the most skilled martial artist. Um, uh, uh, of of part three and part one, uh, Terry Silver. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, Daniel Larusso being a full grown man. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's crazy. Um, but I think that yeah, just to see how it's evolved and see what the uh, response to it has been. Um, I mean, I feel bad. Like thirteen years ago, there was a direct video Lost Boys sequel. Um, and I didn't it's, even hear about. Yeah, that. there actually were two. One's got what? Kiefer Sutherland's brother, but it's got Corey Feldman in it, like as, as one of the Frog Brothers. The Frog Brothers, is, he's still hunting vampires. And then like Corey Haim showed up from a cameo, and I felt, you know, we know what happened to him and how what a rough time he had. But yeah, Corey Haim shows up for a scene, and it was like he couldn't even make it through it. Like he was not doing well. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a bummer sometimes when you look at it and you're like, oh, this isn't going. I mean, look, with, even with Val Kilmer and everything he's been through, how they had to like use AI to recreate his voice for those scenes in Top Gun Maverick because he's lost his ability to speak. So it's interesting to see how they, they overcome that challenge from time mm-hmm. to time. Yeah. But the, the principal cast from those karate kid movies, Barnes, uh, yeah. uh, Zapka, Machio, they all still look really good, you know, yeah, they do. for, for how old they, they are now, you know, Terry yeah, Silver, definitely. Uh, Martin Cove. It was, uh, Martin Cove looks amazing. And he's, that guy's got to be like pushing 80 at this point. Yeah. Um, so what I want to talk about, because we, we teased this a little bit. So Karate Kid, unlike Rocky, these were people roughly our age. And this was a story where the underdog triumphs. Um, Matt, what's your first memory of getting in a fight? Was it in grade school? Was it in junior high? Like, how did that happen and how did it go? So m- multiple ways. So we had we had this thing called The Path. Okay. Like back when I was in first or fifth grade at a place called Jennings Elementary School where I went to Connecticut. And we had this thing like a block away called The Path where everyone ride their bikes through there and all this other stuff. But it was like off out of the way where adults never were. They were never there. Um, and that's where all of our school fights would take place. 
So it was literally out of that movie was a three o'clock high. Yeah. Where he's like, I'll see you at three o'clock. Like that, I swear <laughs> to you, was what would happen at our school. But what was worse, I had it with kids that were above our property at the elementary school was for, for Woods Middle School, middle school now, six to eighth graders. Well, for whatever rhyme or reason, I must have pissed this kid off playing basketball at my boys and girls club, something to where he came down to our elementary school and went to our window. I'm not joking. Our window, like where our classroom was, where you could see outside on the playground and you can see this kid, I'm not joking you, doing this. <laughs> I swear to God. And like the kid, my friend Josh next to me, he's like, he's like, no. <clears throat> and it's so, it's so freaking funny. But not now it's funny. I was terrified. And just like that movie, Three O'Clock High, I'm not joking. Like, I, my heart was beating out of my chest, Glenn, because it's going to be my first fight ever. Other, other than my fights with my older brother, obviously, but that's not the same thing. Where yeah. the whole school comes and watches you. Wow. With all this pressure on you, there's 200 kids sitting there hooting, hollering, booing, cheering, whatever they're there to do. Thank God there wasn't camera phones anymore. That, that yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. World star. But, but that was my first fight. I got it bad. This kid, again, was older than me. Hmm. Um, but I started lifting weights and doing push-ups, minor weights, and push-ups in fifth grade. Um, my older brother started to help me with that stuff. And, um, you know, from there, I was able to start handling my own as I got older and less scared. Because once you get punched in the face for that first time, it's over with. And then yeah. you're not so scared anymore. Every kid, I don't care True. who you are, what you grew up in, you don't know what that first punch is going to feel like. And you're scared of it for, for good reason. But once you, it's happened and, and you get through it, then it's not that big of a deal anymore. No, it's true. Raj, how about you? So I hate to, to to be the bummer on this conversation. I've never been in a fight. What? What? <laughs> never, never never, you know I mean? Believe in your school that you bumped into incorrectly or looked at the girl incorrectly or something? Never. It, but it never came down to physicality. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Never so, never been punched in the face. Let me throw always one been, more. Yeah, I always, when I watch Fight Club, it's like, hmm, yeah, it would be interesting to be you know, punched well, in the face. Good for you. You so Glenn, we'll get to it before. I want to forget this. So this one, this one just popped in my head. Okay, yeah. I, I had this girl in my woodshop class now in high school. Yeah, I'm in ninth grade. And I'm on my bus to go yeah. home that day after school. And I'm sitting there by my own business. Some kid comes on the on this bus. He's a senior. Full-grown mustache. I'm not BSing. I don't want to say the kid's name, but I still remember it like yeah, yesterday. Yeah. I ran into him years later. Anyways, he... um. Comes over to me, he's like, "Hey, you been looking at my girl?" I'm like, "I don't know who your girl is." He's got, he's got my shirt like this, in the, and yeah, I, I'm sitting on the school bus seat. Keep in mind, I'm like, "I have no idea who your school, who your uh, girlfriend is." And this girl, Jen, stands up. She's like, "It's me," <laughs> and I'm going, "I don't look at her. I've known her for since we were in grade school together. I, why are you lying to him? You know?" Yeah, you call him a girl liar. Wham smacks me not punches me smacks me in the face and i just had to sit there and take it because at this time we had a gang in our high school and this punk was in that gang the bum rush committee they were called by the way the brc i'm not joking that was their name um and i was like i was frozen because i'm like i've got to do something everyone in the school bus is watching me um i've got to do something but i didn't and i couldn't because i had all these other kids on the bus i'm like where the hell's the damn bus driver during all this? Why is she just letting this happen? Yeah. 
Eight yeah. of them were not on that bus. They're not supposed to be on that bus with me. Do you see what I'm saying? This yeah, came yeah. On there, found me, and this girl made that up. I don't know why she did still to this day, but she did. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That well, and sucks. you you would you would go on to be in other conflicts. Uh, you would get paid to, to fight. Literally. We'll talk about that on a future episode. Uh <laughs> Raj, so Raj, you've never been punched in the face. Never. Yeah. Wow. That means yeah. it's still in there. That fear is still in there. That's yeah, you got to get over walking. it, man. Yeah, yeah you have a bunch yeah. of carry on. Hey, man. Well, let's try some MMA soon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I mean, because I'm trying to think. So it wasn't. So I fought with my brothers growing up, but that was all like just dumb, yeah. mm. sort of hitting each other. And it was never with the intent. Like I don't think we hit each other in the face. It would always be like punching in the arm, punching in the leg. You know, like my hold... sister would scratch a lot. Okay. And, yeah. You but really no, want to yeah. hang that out there? Give us a fake story right now, Rod, please. Because they're going to run wild with. There was this one time I got scratched by my sister. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, well, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. So I, I learned how to shut it down with my brothers. Like, if it got bad, because my, my middle brother is younger than me. Like, he was more athletic. So I just, like, bit him once, and then he stopped. Like, that shut it all down. Then it was like, okay, if I go, go too far, Glenn's going to bite me. Like, we're not going <laughs> to. Like, like that. after that, we had a truce on everything. Um, but, no, I, my first uh, time getting in a fight, I was probably 10, and it was over a girl. I really liked this girl. I guess kind of liked me, but who knows? Back then, she's like the first, I guess she was the first girl I ever really kissed, like in a romantic way. You kissed a girl when you were 10 years old? Yeah. That's like third grade, right? Fourth I actually grade? kissed a girl a year or two younger. Um, my dad, after the divorce, oh, I guess it would have been 11 uh, when I got my first focus. But when I was like nine or 10 after the divorce, my dad would take us on dates with women who had kids. And I remember one time um, the woman he was dating had a daughter. And it was literally like, we're, she was my age. It was like, we're bored. What do you want to do? And then she kissed me. And it, but wow. it was just like a boredom thing. And I remember I was like, okay, maybe this isn't so bad with my dad being divorced. Um, but uh, no, but so in, when I lived in Michigan, yeah, fifth grade, like this girl, it, maybe it was fifth, maybe it was sixth. But uh, uh, yeah, she was like my first romantic kiss. And I remember she had an ex-boyfriend and everyone was like, oh, he's not going to be happy about this. You know, like he's he's gonna be out to get you. And I think people might have been fucking with me. I think he actually really didn't care. But the problem is because I'd seen Karate Kid and I'd seen these movies, yeah. part of me was kind of like, Oh, this guy's got it out for me. And he had a group of friends, and I had like a group of friends. So I remember like, yeah, like playing like little tricks on his friends. Um, or this kid, because I was like, oh, he's got it out for me. I'm, I, I better strike first. So like one of them in, in Michigan, it would snow all the time. So I remember like one of them had a backpack. I remember like filling this kid's backpack with snow. <laughs> because, <Pretty good. laughs> um, I mean, it, 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 was, it was, and I even took out his stuff. I, I didn't, wasn't a dick about it. I didn't put snow on. So I took out his stuff yeah. and filled his backpack with snow. But I remember, so like his friends then would start getting in my face about stuff. And um, I remember in the movie Class from the early 90s, I'd just seen that on cable. And there's this movie scene where a woman at a bar plays a trick on Andrew Ridgely or not Andrew, Andrew McCarthy. Uh, and she's like, oh, uh, I bet you you can't roll this quarter down your face without stopping from your forehead to your chin. And what he doesn't know is that if you take a pencil on the edge of the quarter. So when he did it, he drew a line on his face. Yeah. Like I did that to one of the, this, this kid's friends on the schoolyard. So then he <laughs> had to kick my ass when he found out because he had this big line going down his face. I remember that trick, by the way. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think now that my realization is I kind of bullied a kid into becoming a bully. Oh, jeez. 
Yeah, that's kind of weird. I was not huh? expecting this twist. <laughs> yeah, like I think that I did these little things because I thought this guy had it out for me. I did these little things to antagonize him and his friends to the point where my friends and his friends, we got in a full-blown fight. Now, the first time it was just me, I got my ass kicked. Absolutely deserved it, had it coming. Mm-hmm. You know, not like maliciously like I had to go to the hospital, but it was like, oh, took a punch. You know, he was like, dude, like, you know, like just stay the fuck away from me. And I was like, okay, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, we then I remember when his friends started going after my friends, we had like one full blown fight in the snow, and it was probably totally lame, but like they were the ones that ran off first, so we felt like we won. And that was a big crowning moment of of triumph for me in like sixth grade. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then what I would get in fights with well, I'm sorry. What do you think of Romeo Rubenstein over here, Rod? <laughs> I know. In fifth grade. It's like I Greece. Hated girls still in fifth grade. Wow. I thought no. they were icky. Um, but yeah. what's funny though, and I, I think about it now, and maybe it was a weird puberty testosterone thing, because I was thinking like I did get in fights with people that I considered my friends. Like every argument would then just turn into like throwing hands. And I remember it would be the thing, like when you fight with a friend, the way the fight ends is when it's like, stay down, just stay down, just stop. We're done. And then they'll decide, you know, like then they're like, okay, fine. And then they clock you in the face. Or their parents or, or, or my, their parents come. Yeah. yeah. Like, man, did you and Josh ill your differences? Yeah. He had a Tennessee accent. Yeah. I'll never forget that. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, that like there was a lot of that. And then by the time I got to junior high, then when I moved back to California, I mean, I was bullied. There was like one kid and the weirdest thing about this, like it, ne- it never became a fight thing, but he would just like give me shit about my weight. Cause at that point I'd started to, to put on some weight and I wasn't athletic anymore so much. What grade? What grade? I was at seventh or eighth. Okay. But here's the weirdest thing, dude. I see this guy. Cause uh, like we ended up having a lot of friends as adults and I see this guy when I lived in Northern California, I saw this guy in the regular, like at gatherings of friends. I would see him at funerals for friends that had passed. I would see him at weddings or parties. He treats it like we were friends in junior high. And I, I still debate, dude. I'm still like for the past 20 years, he's treated it like we were friends growing up. And part of me still wants to say like, Hey man, like I really felt like shit and hated myself because a lot of the things you said to me, in seventh and eighth grade and it really fucked with my self-esteem and like i don't think you realize that because yeah. he acts like oh yeah i remember when your friends in junior high and you were really into this and this and i was just like dude that's not we were not friends in junior yeah. high very I strange have, i have kids like that as well where i was either the one being a jerk in, yeah. and saying negative things to them but you can i'm not, I'm not excusing it but yeah. you could bet your sweet you know what that i had five other kids that were up mm-hmm. here older than me bigger than me stronger than me doing the same ish to me so it's yeah. like this ridiculous cycle or domino yeah. effect of almost bullying i want to say oh absolutely i mean and now as adults we realize that right like yeah. it's same thing it's like hormones bad home situation you know even then i mean i probably wasn't in the best state of mind when i really liked where we lived in california moved moved to michigan with my mom we kind of resented i mean dude you go from the bay area in california at the height of like Atari and Silicon Valley. And it was an exciting time. And then it's like Michigan, which. Hey, I'm in Michigan. Yeah. It's (laughs) super, but I mean, dude, think about Michigan in the eighties and everything going on with the auto industry decline. Like it was super beat in, uh, in the mid eighties. So I think I probably had a lot of resentment over that as well. So looking back on it, just as we talk about it now, 
that thing with that girl was really cool. But yeah, I probably was trying to make my life a little more exciting by being like, oh, it's like I'm in a movie and this guy's out to get me and his friends are out to get me. And like Daniel LaRusso, I'm going to trigger the sprinkler and, you know, yeah, I'll get yeah. him. Like, I think it was really just me trying to amuse myself. And remember, dude, this was a time in my life where I would literally on a Saturday and oftentimes on a Sunday say, mom, just drop me off at the movie theater and I'm just going to hang out here and escape for 10 hours, like watching five movies back to back. So one more thing, I'll give you one more. Yeah. I ended up fighting one of my friends, my good mm-hmm. friends. And uh, to get inside his head, I'm not joking. This is yeah. so real. Um, before the fight actually happened, um, we were such good friends. I knew his lock locker code. So this is how horrible I was. So um, I'm worried because this kid a little bit bigger than me. He's one of my good friends. I'm like, I don't know if I can take him or not. So one of my other friends gassed me up like you need to you need to get psychological you got to get in his head matt so what does dumb matt do matt don't ask me why matt gets jake the snake roberts wrestling figure and brutus beefcake don't ask me why brutus beefcake and i put him in his locker and watched him open it and watched the two ljn figures fall out you know and on the floor like yeah that's what's gonna happen today you're gonna get ddt and i'm gonna put you in a creeper hole and i'm gonna choke you out i'm not joking it's so pathetic. It's so embarrassing, but this is what I did. So I've, so I've never been in a fight, but we, we did in our neighborhood. We used to have a wrestling league. You yeah, know, like okay. All, we would always. No, for, yeah. Hang on. No, no fought, fights broke out from that? No. Well, there were, oh. <laughs> there were a couple you times. Did, you where, didn't get uh, on the, between the mattresses and the mattresses opened up and it hit the floor? Never came to blows. There were, there, there was one time where um, I'm, my, my best friend, I'm actually going to Cabo for his 50th next next month. Uh, he would destroy all of us. He, he He's a big dude, army guy. Mm. Uh, but there was one time uh, uh, we were wrestling and I put this guy in the camel clutch. And, and, I, and you know, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. And I look yeah. down and he's like purple. And I'm like, oh, oh no. I think I killed this guy, you know, like I was, I literally thought I might've like killed him and uh, just panicked. Like it was was one of the most uh, scary situations. And he, it turned out he was fine. He was out for a minute, but he ended up being okay. But uh, (laughs) these, a lot of these wrestling moves, man, you put, you actually put a figure four on someone. It hurts. It hurts. Yes, it does. Yeah, Boston Crab. Yeah. DDT guys forehead hits the root in the ground. Of course, of all the things to hit on the grass, I find the root. Yeah. I think DDT and pile driver, those are probably two of the most devastating real moves. Like that could really, hmm. uh, but yeah, anything you with out. your head and your neck. I mean, yeah. that's or not brain good. buster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember doing high school wrestling and I think that's when I decided I was like done with physical <laughs> confrontation. I mean, some of it was good to learn just about how to do like uh, leg catch, um, or different ways to do like a takedown. Like there's some good self-defense stuff in there. And I was okay at that, but I, t- I told the story back when we did the Wink podcast, like I weighed like maybe 180 freshman year. And my coach was like, dude, if you get up to 189, you can go in heavyweights. And I was like, no, that's insane. Cause heavyweights was everybody 189 and up. So you could be wrestling yeah. a guy 190 or a guy that's yeah. 290. And the coach really wanted me to do that. And I was like, I'm not doing that. That's insane. That um, insane. Yeah. But in the 189 class, like or the one, yeah, the 189 lower class, like I had to, practice against guys that were really bigger and i remember just getting put in like headlocks holds 
you know, and they would try and talk me through, like they would get frustrated. They were trying to talk me through how to get out of the move. Meanwhile, as I'm like struggling to breathe, I was just like, this sucks. Like I finished the season and then I was like, I don't want to get in physical <laughs> conflict ever again. Like I'm good, man. It's you know? nice not having it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quickly before we wrap here, I know Raj, you haven't watched the wrestlers on Netflix yet. It's a show just dropped three days ago. It's about OVW and Al Snow, what he's doing with OVW wrestling right now. And uh, uh, still kicking, right? They haven't been WWE developmental since what, maybe like 2010? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Still doing weekly TV. He got an investor, uh, this guy, Matt Jones, uh, Kentucky sports uh radio legend uh and the show is a lot about the conflict behind the scenes but then we meet the wrestlers that are there doing it and what i thought was interesting matt i mean there's a couple guys that you probably have crossed paths with um i was thinking about dark storm i was thinking about cash flow uh and then uh the indian gentleman who was in impact for quite some time why am i blanking on his name shira oh god shira. yeah shira yeah um yeah, matt how is it out. for you Oh, I'm sorry. And obviously Al. Yeah, Al, of course. But so Matt, you checked out the show a little bit. You have to have a much different perspective on this than anyone else. As someone who was in OVW. Yes, because we had, it's not one of those, oh, back in my day, it was better because it was back in my day. But two different things are happening. They're they're supposedly, and I don't know if this is true or not, but supposedly uh, they're, they're doing this to cling on for something to try to get everything to get turned around with this company. Hopefully they can start making some money, um, et cetera. But as far as like having a television show, I'm telling you, if they had it back when we were doing it, and not even just for the the obvious ones, when seeing John Cena as prototype or Batista as Leviathan, for, forget that. That 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 would just be like bonus. The real stuff, the real show would be centered around like guys like Trailer Park Trash. Yeah, um, that was a guy's name. Um, great wrestler, great teacher as well, by the way. Um, Rip Rogers, um, and all of these just insanely over the top characters that were just so hilarious mm -hmm. um, that you can put a camera on them for 24 hours a day. And, like you'd be very entertained by them. They're so funny, but with tons of them, you know, here you have people that are very obviously playing a character, right? That's their job. Mm -hmm. So the, the bigger story behind it is supposed to be what sucks you in. Do you root for these underdogs to hopefully, yeah, turn it around and start making that company company profitable. I hope so because, granted, it's not the same OVW I went to. It's still Al Snow helped train me on tough enough after you know before I went to OVW, mm -hmm. um, and, and a lot of just uh, the the lineage that comes from that organization. Um, I'll always you know want to support. That's why I'm watching this show, for example. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's interesting. So Raj, when you check it out, the most fascinating thing to me is that OVW is like just hemorrhaging money. Um, they talk about they, they shot this all in 2022, but they had a pay-per-view on fight that did 74 buys. Ooh. Um, yeah. yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they go on tour in the series and they lose like over a hundred thousand dollars touring the state of Kentucky and assuming they're getting paid for, for some of the stuff that they're doing. But it's um it's just crazy, man. Like to think about the finances of this. And Matt, I mean, it's it's crazy to see Al Snow is so big on story and booking. Like my first thought was just like, man, AEW should watch this and be like, Al, come in, you're our head writer. Like, yeah, because you're obsessed yeah. with story, you don't know the business, but he cares so much about the story. But what I wonder, Matt, is they show these uh, these wrestlers, a lot of whom I really like, and I think have a lot of potential. But you see, like Shira, who's working a day job delivering Postmates, 
you know, uh, to make ends meet, like in doing Uber and like his 2011 Nissan Maxima, which he's kept in excellent condition. Um, but you see the struggles they're going through. I mean, cash flow, this guy's, you know, came up with, you know, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, a lot of people who are doing really well. And, you know, he's still trying to, to make a couple hundred bucks, you know, a night off merch to get by. Like, it's a very well told story, but I almost wonder. I mean, I guess I'll just say, I really wonder, I, the star, as far as everyone's called it out, and they have her in the narrative, is Hollywood Haley J. Definitely. But I almost wonder if, as they delve more into her personal issues and conflict and her attitude, I almost wonder if someone like WWE sees this, and they're like, look, we find out about a lot of this stuff after we sign somebody. They have trouble getting along with people that they're drawn to toxic okay. relationships. And we learn about her background and I have all the empathy uh, for her, for what she's been through with her mom and everything that's created some of these issues. But I almost wonder if AEW or WWE looks at this and it's like, we kind of know ahead of time what we're getting into and this might not be they something that's ready yet. Okay, they, you know? they, they could, but I'll argue she's the most popular part of that show right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. She's she, my favorite part of the show. She's what everybody I, I, I would guess is watching it for mainly. Yeah. Um, because she has a very, very um, impactful and intriguing, like you said, oh, real story life, real storyline mm -hmm. in real life. But I, I don't think, normally I'd say, yeah, Glenn, I'd agree with you on that. WWE would want to stay away because of this and that and the other thing. Hopefully she's smart enough to be able to say, hey, guys, just so you know, that's all the work. Like, none of that's true. So. so, so like, any of that stuff you saw about my family and da, 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 WWE, yeah, none of that's true. See what a great worker I am? That's why you need to hire me. Yeah. And, and, and I told America something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and people forget like Vince, you know, doesn't really keep tabs on like other promotions and things like that. So I, I'm, my guess is he's not going to watch the show. I don't think Nick Khan, Triple H are uh, just with how busy they are. So I don't know, but I think she's she see even though she's not, she's one of the less experienced wrestlers on the mm. show. I think her character could Scream do star. very well. Yeah, I mean, you can't stop watching her. Like she's great. Mm -hmm. um, I think Cash Flow deserves another one. He could. He, I mean, that's one where. You look at his career, but then he just comes across like a really good guy. Um, and then yeah. I think the the anti-hero of the show or the villain, if there is one, depending on how you view him, but I think it's Darkstorm, uh, Eric Darkstorm, because like he's one of those guys that you like, even if you find him unlikable, Raj, when you see this show, they've got a talking head interview with him where he's just hanging out the window of his like his beat up 20-year-old Toyota, and he's just sitting there like talking shit, and they keep cutting back. It's like, how long did he sit there? just talking trash to the camera that through the entire seven episodes, like this is the talking head for him in his junker car. That's literally got holes in it. You know? Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'll check it out this week for sure. Yeah. It's really good. We finished yeah. the entire thing yesterday in one day. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. My, my, my thing with OBW is, I mean, you know, as a developmental league, it was, uh, it was great. You know, you look at the stars, it turned out Matt, you know, obviously one of them, uh, you know, Brock, Randy Orton, uh, but now, you know, Al Snow, yeah, which he's doing what he can with what he's got. But, uh, you know, at some point you can have the stories, but you also have to have the stars. You have to have the charisma. And, and that's so limiting when, you know, you're you're an indie and uh, it's just yeah. there's only a certain amount of success you can get to. Yeah, I mean. Matt, when you were there, was it just the WWE checks that basically covered all the losses for the promotion? No, we made money. Our shows made really? money. So I don't know what's happened here. Yeah, because they we had a, a deal with uh, Kentucky Kingdom, Six Flags, mm. Summer Fizzler Series is what it was called. And that was like our pay-per-view. 
and we had Kane come in there, Benoit come in there, Cena when he made their main roster come back down, it, it, all these big stars. So mm. they'd sell that place pretty well, but they'd also get a guaranteed check from the network. Obviously, they 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 did very very well rating wise. Like the ratings on there, you gotta. I know Jimmy has talked about it before in his podcast, but I forget the numbers, but they're insane of mm. what those numbers used to be ratings wise in Kentucky. Like at one point. Jimmy got Booker of the Year or Company wow. of the Year, one of the two, over WWE wow. because of the well-written storylines with OVW at the time and the stars we had. But as far as money-making goes, I mean, yeah, some of them weren't always money-makers with the fans that would pay admission to get in. But to my understanding, they were, they were paid by the, let's say, the um, a lot of times it was just to get us experience. Mm-hmm. So WWE is at the time sending them these big checks. Keep in mind, they're also paying us as talents. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, so you you yeah, were on yeah. WWE payroll when you were in OVW, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah but not all of us. There's some of us that were there trying to get seen by WWE, and they were very, very talented, and then eventually would get signed. Um, but mainly WWE talents were there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a hell of a series. I hope it gets a second season. It's very interesting to watch. I'll be curious if this gets more eyes on OVW now. I hope so because you can't compare it to the old. You just can't. Yeah. They, they have a different, completely different backing on where they're where they generate their income from. It's much different. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's uh it's a fascinating series recommended to everyone. I know fans of this podcast will love it. And uh, it's kind of nice because we it's been a while since we had anything like breaking ground or real behind-the-scenes stories about wrestlers trying to make it in this industry. I feel like, uh, you know, getting given world events and at the same time, so many people got called up from the indies. I mean, think about where the indies were five years ago, pre-AEW versus now. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's if you're a true independent wrestler now, yeah, I mean, you, you got, you, you know, it, it's... It's interesting because they kind of called up everybody that was ready with AEW. So whoever's left, you either have people like Cashflow that have been doing it a long time, they've been overlooked, or you have people like Haley J that are newer that are trying to make a name for themselves. But uh, yeah, yep. first thing I've binged uh, in a day in a while. So I nice. recommend. Very cool. Cool, guys. Well, maybe we'll talk a little bit about next week after Raj has checked it out. Uh, next week, Raj, did you want to do Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick? Yeah, let's, let's do it and uh which one is better <laughs> and uh just tom cruise is a star it's insane his longevity you know like the the way he's been able to i mean he's older now than jack nicholson was in a few good men. oh yeah it's crazy and right it's just wild and, and, and also to the fans that are, are watching this right now leave comments in the comment section on some ideas you would like to see us discuss yeah, absolutely, please. you guys usually have great ideas as well so please just let us know what you'd like us to talk about as well we do yeah. have to do no holds barred one of these weeks. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a short so show. Bad. Sure. <laughs> so bad. Maybe we could talk about that and they live because that's the superior movie starring a wrestler from the eighties. Yeah, it true. <laughs> you know, uh, and and they live more poignant in twenty twenty three than it was in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Cool guys. Well, he's at BP Matt Morgan. He's at the Rajgiri. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Gigantic Pop is at Gigantic Pop. Please do us a favor. Subscribe on YouTube. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Leave a rating, a review, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for everybody tuning in to episode three. And we'll catch you back here next time on Gigantic Pop. Take care. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.